all, we're recording inside the Cohab Podcast Studio space under the Texas Street Bridge by the Red River in downtown Shreveport, Louisiana, and this is the 3180 Podcast. What is going on in the 318? What is our current identity? Shreveporters can make this place into the city we want it to be. It's time for Shreveport to make a 180. Every Thursday, we are having conversations about doing just that. We're talking to people who are making the difference in our city. I'm Josh Clayton. I'm Thomas Young. Welcome to the 3180 Podcast. Welcome to the 18th installment of the 3180 Podcast. In this episode, we interview Austin Wiseman. Austin was mentioned by Lavette Fuller in her interview, and um, he's been a friend of mine for about a year now. He's doing amazing things in Highland, flipping houses, and he's actually flipping them. He's redoing the electric, the plumbing, he's redoing the foundation, and he's putting an aesthetic spin on these old houses that uh, that's really making them sell at price per square foot beyond what anybody thinks that they could sell a Highland house for. So he's a young guy, he's 26 years old, uh, with a wife and, and a child, and he is energetic. And as Lavette said, uh, we need a lot more Austin Wiseman's around. Um, so please stay tuned and listen in and, and learn a lot from my friend, Austin Wiseman. Austin Wiseman, what's up? What's going on, man? Happy Glad you, to be here. I'm happy you're here. I um, had the amazing opportunity to take a look at your place on Sheridan the other day. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and how you ended up. Uh, how old are you? I'm 26 years old. Twenty, Very impressive uh, 26-year-old here in Shreveport. How did you end up here in Shreveport doing what you're doing for a living? Um, well, I have to admit, I, I did grow up in North Bossier. I <laughs> uh, went to Airline High School. Um, so did my wife and uh, grew up going, you know, sitting in airline traffic every day to get to school, you know, 30 minutes to get anywhere yeah. <laughs> because of airline drive. And I uh, went to LSUS and got married young and in college and moved to Shreveport and uh, just figured out that I like old houses and... Um, yeah, and I don't like to. I don't like the commute. So, well, cool. So, what did you get a degree in anything related to housing and at LSUS? Uh, my degree is in finance. Okay. So, I guess the the biggest takeaway from a degree in finance is just figuring out like how interest works okay. and stuff like that. You know, and how to leverage current assets against assets that you're trying to build up. Yeah. So tell me what um. What do you do? What's your nine to five? Because I don't, I don't want to put this out there as an episode where we tell people they can make a lot of money flipping houses in Shreveport. Oh yeah, but what, I mean, <laughs> what do, what do you do for a living here in town? And you, you've got a family as well. Yeah, I have a, uh, I have a beautiful wife, Laura, and a little girl. She's two, Greta, mm-hmm. who's just the apple of my eye. And we have a boy, a uh, little boy, due in about a month away. So we're pretty busy. But nine to five. Like Congratulations, said, by the way. Thank you very much. Upcoming baby boy. Yeah. So um, nine to five, that's funny. Um, I'm still kind of trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up, I guess. Makes sense. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do. Um, I am a realtor and we flip houses. And from time to time, I'll travel as well. I'm an I'm a independent insurance adjuster. So like I work most of the big hurricanes. I, like I worked at the fires in California last year. So I've got to travel a good bit as well. But uh, I'm really just focused on uh, flipping houses in Highland right now. It's kind of my, it's not a nine to five, it's more like an eight to 10 right now. <laughs> eight in the morning till 10 at night, but. <laughs> well, what got you going on this project? Cause it, how many of these have you done and, um, and, and what made you wanna do the first one? Right, so we're, uh, we're on our third one right now. I have a fourth one that we bought that's just sitting there that I'm gonna get started whenever we sell one of our houses. Um, I just, uh, you know, you know how it is watching the shows on TV. Like we we got kind of obsessed with all the HGTV shows and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, I could, I could probably figure that out. So we, just jumped into it a few years ago we bought a place of our own in south highland on fairview um so if you ever go on the 900 block of fairview it's in between fairfield and line there's a Mm -hmm. little blue house there with barn doors on it that was our first house that we bought and 
bought that house for um, right at about seventy thousand dollars, mm-hmm. and we put about forty into it. Okay, um, a lot of YouTube videos, figuring out how to frame in windows and um, how to do sheetrock. And I had did some you con- do that stuff yourself? I did a lot of it on my first project. I had a contractor that I didn't communicate well with that mm-hmm. um, we ended up going separate ways about halfway through the project so that's when youtube came into place and kind of figured out um figured out by fire how to do some stuff but we ended up doing pretty well did you and your wife live in that place while you redid it um we actually lived with my parents for like two or three months Mm -hmm. and um my mom gave you some good incentive to get it done huh yes yeah absolutely i love my parents but my dog was just about to drive them crazy hmm. so but yeah we lived there for a few years and we recently sold that place sold it for 147 so that's about wow. 129 a foot it was 1147 square foot what do you all right put this into perspective you bought it for 70k mm-hmm. what do you do you remember what you bought it for per square foot uh what is the math on that what's your know. what was the square footage on it 1147 so bought it for yeah. So you bought it for 1140. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I bought it for seven, square feet. Seven, okay. 70, no, it was 70,000 is what we bought it for. Yeah, so about $61 a square foot? Yes. Does that sound and about right? I, yeah. Okay. And then we sold it for 129 a foot. 129 a foot. Yeah. You and that, more than doubled the value per square foot of the house when you sold it from yes. when you bought it. Yes. You bought it for 70 and you put 40 into it, you said? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So you. All in one ten. Yeah, around right at about one hundred and ten. So, and you sold it for a total of one forty seven. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was pretty good for my first project. Uh, know, yeah, a thirty seven thousand dollar profit margin is pretty strong. Yeah, I think it's a good double. Yeah, a double or triple. Good deal. You know, so if people out there listening to this, number one, they're like, "Well, this guy must be like independently wealthy. How's he? How's he coming up with seventy k to buy a house? How's mm-hmm. he coming up with forty k to redo it?" Um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, very I mean, wealthy. Very well. No, I'm just fine. <laughs> um, so, like, for, you got a finance degree. So, uh, if a guy's out there listening, or if a uh, lady's out there listening, wants to do the exact same thing, what do they need to find before they embark upon that project? So, um, there's a couple banks in town. Uh, I'm actually doing a second loan on our own personal house. Another one we're fixing up. Um, it's like a construction loan. You buy the house, and then they give you a line of credit for whatever amount of the renovation is. On that house, the renovation was a $40,000 renovation. So um, you have to have a contractor. You have to have a list of everything you're going to do to it. The bank then, uh, they go out, and they'll do a subject-to appraisal. Mm-hmm. So they'll say, like, all right, you know, based upon what you're doing, this is what we think it's going to appraise for. You know, two years ago when that happened, it appraised for 145. So you're you're paying interest only payments during the time of the re- renovations, and that's a six month period. And then at the end of it, it balloons. You're done with the project. You refinance it into a permanent mortgage. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about it is you get to use the new appraised value on your permanent. L- mortgage so like for us i used zero dollars and it appraised for 145 so i had well over 20 percent equity in it Mm -hmm. and if you know anything about that that means we didn't have any pmi insurance either right so my note was like just a tad over 600 a month on this awesome house yeah you know and uh i didn't use any of our own money so there's ways to do it, you know. How'd you get the initial seventy uh, k to buy the house? Did you? It's did, a loan, yeah. Just okay, it's so you, with the loan, the so construction you, loan. And that construction loan pays the seventy, and it pays the forty after the, you you make sure there's a contract contractor in place. Yeah, and itemized right. list of things you're going to do to it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you obtained that through a construction loan, and and you managed to sell that place. How long did it take you to sell it? Uh, we listed that house. Actually, I, I'm a realtor, but we were. Yeah. I was up in Omaha doing some work, and my wife was like, "Let's just put it on Zillow because we bought this other house." And I was like, "I'll list it whenever I get back in town." But yeah, we'll just go ahead and put it on Zillow. When we put it up on Zillow, and within three days, we had two full price offers on it. So it sold pretty quickly. 
All right, well, uh, let me, for the listeners, uh, I do want to put the photographs of that house um, and uh, your other projects on the on the website. But when you and I met, it was over a year ago, and I think it was at Pizza Rev or somewhere where Junior Achievement was having a, a fundraiser or a volunteer thank you. Yeah. Do you remember that? I think so, yeah. And you showed me the pictures of that house. Yeah. The, the, the blue house with the barn doors on the front. Mm-hmm. And th- this isn't... All right, a, a lot of house flippers or a lot of um, Shreveport landlords or guys that go in and get houses and quote unquote fix them up, they don't do what you do. Like explain what you do to a house when you go in and quote unquote fix it up. Okay. Like this isn't just to, this isn't banging a few nails in the wall to make sure it's good enough. You know, as the expression yeah. goes, like good enough we for just put work. some lipstick on it. You know, yep. we throw some paint on it and then put it for sale. No. People do that. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the normal. <laughs> You know, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, sometimes you'll talk to people and they'll be like, oh, yeah, you don't buy an old house, you know, make sure you got extra savings because, you know, old houses, you know, stuff breaks on old houses, old houses bad, you know, but uh, we try to answer every objection there is to uh, to buy an old house. So. There's kind of four things that we focus on for handling those objections. That's one thing that we focus on entirely. And then there's a second thing that I'll get to. I'll just go over that real quickly. Yeah, please do. So as far as uh, the first thing, the first thing we focus on is handling every objection of buying an old house. And we break that down into four things. You've probably heard of knob and two wiring. It's what most homes were wired with a long time ago. Um, it's not up to code, and it can be dangerous. It can has a very high likely of catching fire and stuff like that. So we rewire every house we touch. Um, we There's no old wiring in it. We just rewire it completely. We pull permits. Uh, that holds us accountable. You know, the Shreve, city of Shreveport comes out. Um, during our rough-in, our final, you know, there's two inspections on every trade that we do. And that just holds us accountable to make sure that we do it right. Now, a lot of people that flip houses, they don't pull those permits because, well, they might not they might not be doing it right. <laughs> they don't want the city of Shreveport out there looking yeah, at the work. Yeah, right. So electric, okay. Okay. Plumbing. Yeah. Uh, we treat, try to replumb everything. You know, people are like, oh, you know, the old pipes, this and that. Yeah, we don't have any old pipes. It's like all new. Y'all plumb it all the way to the street? Uh, or just, just under the house? Usually and... just under the house. Okay. And the drain lines yep. are usually okay. Mm-hmm. If they're not, then those can be addressed. Yeah. I've been fortunate enough that I haven't had to plumb it to the street yet. Yeah. Um, but all the, you know, all the drain lines under the house and all the lines run into replumbing those um also the foundation we also try to make sure the foundation is very solid a lot of these old houses you'll see them see them up on single blocks Mm -hmm. and once you get to a certain height you really need you really need double blocking so we try to just to just to break that down for folks that have never looked at a pier and beam house you're talking about a single cinder block stacked on top of a single cinder block stacked on top and that constitutes one pier Yes. But when you go in and redo the foundation, you're doing two blocks stacked on two blocks. Yeah, that's two correct. Blocks as a pier. Yeah, okay. kind of like, is that Jenga? Is that <laughs> it's, it's, it? Yeah. yeah. Right. Some of those houses look like the Jenga stack's about to fall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, but that's the, <laughs> that's sort of the beauty of these houses that are in Highland. They were they're built pier and beam. Mm-hmm. So you can get underneath. You can oh, yeah. address the plumbing. You don't have to cut or break concrete to get to replace a plumbing fixture or a line yeah that, it's very affordable yeah. it's surprisingly you know people are like replumbing a house like some people might think oh what's that cost like twenty thousand dollars like we we replumb sheridan completely for like under six thousand dollars you know yeah, yeah. like I, I did a house on oak street by centenary and i think i spent all new plumbing like i don't know a couple grand three yeah. grand yeah yeah it's completely doable so i like a, i'll okay, get so us back on get, track yeah, here electric plumbing electric foundation. yeah electric plumbing foundation and then heating and cooling efficiency you know most of these homes don't have insulation we try to insulate them the best way that we can sometimes we'll replace windows and put like argon gas filled double pane windows in um Spray foam insulate underneath the house. I've done yep. that on a few houses and make sure the attic's really full. 
Um, the exterior walls sometimes are difficult to insulate unless you take everything off. If we do open up a wall that is an exterior wall, we go ahead and insulate it. So basically, if somebody's going to buy a house from us, they're buying pretty much like a new house, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, the, Sheridan, the the house, uh, what's the address on Sheridan? 1049 Sheridan. 1049 Sheridan that you showed me a couple of days ago feels and looks it's got all the old character of an older house right but it's got all the new remodels that you could want so Absolutely. I mean, it, it feels more like a new orleans remodel when they because they know they're going to get the roi to put all the good money into it on the front end uh but yeah it's immaculately done thank you yeah absolutely so that was the all those four things wrapped up together we can say hey that's that's handling objections right. of people uh, buying an old house. Right. Okay. That's one thing. The other thing we focus on is we try to make these houses really cool. Yeah. You know, like, um, most of those houses are sub were subdivided, very, like very small rooms. Is that, do you address that in any way? If you can? Yeah. I mean, if we can, we, we play around with the floor plane a lot. We move a lot of walls. Cause, Cause interior walls is like, you have some structural, right? but, but most of that, especially in those old houses where it's like you got a you know a room the size of this room mm-hmm. where this was a kitchen it's like mm-hmm. that that's way too small currently right. to have a kitchen yeah. but you can take that wall out even if you leave support somewhere yeah just to open it up and make it very modern feeling right we just did that with our house that we're moving to on Dalzell um, there's a breakfast nook and then there was a kitchen right beside it. We knocked out the wall in between it and we just made a huge kitchen yeah. and we got an engineer out there and they were like, yeah, you know, it's a low bearing wall right here. So we put a laminated beam in it and bam, it's done, right. you know? Right. So, um, but we try to make these houses very cool. If you get online right now and you look at houses for sale in South Highland, Broadmoor Highland, you're not going to see a lot of homes that are just like, wow like you know that looks that looks awesome that looks like it belongs in austin texas or you know seattle or wherever you know and let me throw this in and i'll let you address it uh either now or later but a lot of people are looking at the real estate market in shreveport and they know what it costs to buy a house and they have an idea of what it's going to cost to make that remodel happen to look like a new modern house and then they say i'm never going to get my money back from this trying to sell a house like that yeah Um, i don't think that's true i mean you just got to do it right. Yeah, you know. Uh, but you're it, right. A lot, a lot of things are up for sale that maybe the folks in them have have gotten older and moved out, or you know, the kids have moved out further south or moved yeah. to another town altogether, and the, these houses haven't been updated in thirty years, forty years. But sometimes the problem with that is that they when they still want they okay. they see a house that they see one of my houses that sells for one twenty nine a foot. And then, you know, some realtor tells them, hey, you know, we can probably get $120 a square foot for your house. And it's not updated. It's all the walls are brown. And, you know, it was maybe updated in 2000. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to get this. And it's not rewired. And it's not replumbed. And they're trying to get the same, close to the same asking price as one of my houses. Like, people are, a lot of people are just unrealistic, you know. You got to... You got to see what value is there, you know, and that's so, why when you buy the house, that's where you make the money at. You know, you got to buy it for the right price. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: the um, you go into detail a little bit more, like what? I, I, this is a team project between you and your wife trying to make the house look cool, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah they really look fantastic. The Sheridan house that I've seen, and then the the Fairview house that you showed me pictures of uh, some time ago. Um, I mean, you guys, it, you do beautiful work, so. When you walk into one of these older houses, what's your first order of business? Like, how do how do you make it look like something that a 25, 30 year old wants to buy? Okay, um, you know, m- making it semi open. Okay, um, I've actually like when I worked the fires last year in California, I worked all the fires in Paradise. Mm-hmm. I did twenty four totals out there. That means like twenty four houses that were completely burned down. I got to rebuild them in a computer. And it was I was very fortunate that I got to people would say, Yeah, here's the footprint of the house, you know, is this many square foot? So I got I just built twenty four houses like in a computer. So I I've gotten kind of familiar with the layout of homes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um 
we also travel a lot. Um, I worked in DC for like four months last year, mm-hmm. and my wife was with me a good bit of that time. We worked in, you know, I worked in uh, in George and Atlanta. I've worked in Birmingham. Birmingham's got a lot of cool stuff going on. But uh, we always try to like keep our eye out for like what's going on in other places that are making a comeback, you yeah. know. So, um, and I mean Pinterest and just there's so many sources out there of like to see, you know, what's going on in other places that are cool, and we can bring that to Shreveport, you know, and that's what we try to do. So. Yeah, well, you guys are doing it. And one thing that you showed me on that Sheridan house, tell me about. Uh, you pointed right to the the house to the left of it. And you, you, you pointed out the soffit line. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so if you have a before and after picture of that, I'll upload it, but explain that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the front of the house, it was kind of looks kind of small. Like you walk up to it and you're like, no, oh, this is a cute house, but it doesn't look like it's 2,000 square foot from the front, but it is. Um, but I just wanted the house to make a statement. It had know, no when, curb appeal. No, it didn't. Yeah. So there was like... A little gable for those of y'all that don't know a gable is like whenever it's like a basically the triangle that sits against the roof line if if your roof comes out in like a triangle I guess if that makes sense it makes sense to me yeah yeah so um it was kind of closed off there was another roof line running through it uh, it wasn't structural so we knocked it out and I put cedar shake all up in the gable um, it's like that wood shake mm-hmm. type look. And then we stained it and it just looks awesome. You know, it looks really cool. It's it's not like anything else around here, you know. Yeah, so. and then you pointed to the house to the left and you said this is this is what the gable did look like. There's a soffit running horizontally across the front of it, forming a triangle, but also shrinking the appearance of the front of the house. Some, yeah. Somehow there's a visual shrinkage that 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 particular gable and that uniform look that you got rid of with the with the cedar shake and you opened up the gable visually if not i mean but you also struck not structurally but you removed the horizontal yeah um, yeah the horizontal soffit piece yeah and we do have an instagram account that you can like look at a what lot of that? the before and after pictures it's uh wiseman that's w-i-s-e-m-a-n that's my last name i'm not I'm not like, oh, I'm a wise man. Um, Wiseman underscore house, H-O-U-S-E. So Wiseman underscore house, that's on Instagram? Yeah, that's on Instagram. And then on Facebook, I think we're just Wiseman space house. So, um, yeah, you can see a lot of the stuff there. Um, I really I really want to talk about Highland. You know, like Highland yeah, is... We're, we're, we're definitely going to get there. Tell me, on Sheridan... Uh, Obviously, you're about to list that house. We're not going to get into the numbers on that deal. But you and your wife have also decided to live in Highland. Yes. Like, now you're not just in there trying to flip these and make money. Like, you you really why, – why do you like that neighborhood so much? Because, <laughs> I mean, because like, I'm young, and some people would say young and dumb enough to do it all. But yeah. here's the thing. You know, you talk to most realtors in Shreveport, Bossier area – and they're like, mm, yeah, stay south of Kings. You got to stay south of Kings. Don't go north of Kings, you know, because that's in Highland. Most of those people have never even, you know, been through Highland. Um, Highland has surprisingly lower crime than a lot of the uppity parts of historic Shreveport, you know? Yeah. Um, and this is what's crazy. Like, you know, I have tons of friends that live in North Bossier and the suburbs and whatever else, and they will hate on Highland all day. And then they'll go over to, you know, like they'll go over to Dallas or Austin and go in some of these neighborhoods to go to a bachelor party or to get away or whatever else. And they're staying in areas that if they looked up the crime map, it's yeah. like it's worse than what Highland is, mm-hmm. you know. Um it's not bad you know it's it's just yeah you got to be you got to make sure your car door is locked <laughs> you yeah. know but um, for now for now but but what like if you were able to get three of your friends to move into one block yeah and that then that really totally would re i mean you could you which could we're doing by change. the way yeah you could affect change of a neighborhood you can Absolutely. which feels better than 
oh, I'll go and I'll, I'll move in next to all of these other people that are doing the exact same thing I'm doing behind a gate somewhere, which feels safe. But also it's like the tallest tree there is uh, just got planted. So, I know. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just not it's just not the same. It's not the same kind of house. They don't build houses like they used to. The reason that those houses are that you're talking about, you can go in and redo them. That's the way that they were built. They were built to last for a long time. Yeah, Where new houses are not necessarily built that way. Yeah, the lumber has changed. Just like everything else has changed. You know, lumber has changed. Like, everything's built with soft pine now. And um, if you walk up to a new construction home in North Bossier, and you take your car key out, you can press into the stud with your with your key and sink about half an inch through the stud. Mm-hmm. Some of these old houses, when we're cutting walls out, these studs and stuff, like even a saw can't even get through some of these studs. It's like cutting through concrete. You know, it's just they're not built like they used to be. And then if you look at other cities that are up and coming, like they have a neighborhood that's right outside of downtown that's making a huge comeback okay you mentioned this the other night tell me tell me more about why you think highland is is just as important as downtown for the future of shreveport yeah okay downtown i love downtown i want downtown to come back right and it is yeah um and i want people to live downtown i'm a i'm a father and i'm have my second child on the way and we have a dog and you know, I want I want a house. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to live downtown yeah. right now for this season of my life. Yeah, you know, um, and for people to people that want a house, which is like most people, um, you know, it'd be better for them to be closer to downtown than away for downtown, for downtown to become better, right? Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I think that it's critical that downtown that Highland, you know, is bet is up and coming for downtown to work because it's right by downtown. Right now, I've heard it mentioned in this pad- podcast, downtown is a destination place, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to drive a minute to get here from yeah. any of the suburbs, even from Broadmoor mm-hmm. in South Highlands, like it it's going to take you 10 or 15 minutes to get downtown. So that makes downtown a destination. It's not a quick stop, you know. In Highland, I can jump on my bike with a backpack and go down to the farmer's market and pick up some, you know, some vegetables from the farmer's market and ride my bike back. Yeah. It's a little harder to do in Broadmoor. It's like (laughs) you're going to be breaking a sweat, you know. Well, and you're going to be crossing some bigger streets, too. One thing that Highland has going for it is is that Cresswell and Marshall, Marshall, Cresswell corridor. Fairfield's an easy an easy straight shot and most people aren't flying down Fairfield even though there aren't a whole lot of lights there's, there's a lot of little corridors that can get you fed into downtown without having to um, without having to cross major intersections and yeah. risk your life on a bike or as a pedestrian but yeah the, but those like like when we were talking last time about you know if you could make that corridor up Marshall yeah to connect yeah, know, which Highland. is Highland. Yeah. And it's like you, Red River. And you can like ride right under the interstate. Like Josh and I just, we just did this last weekend. Like right from downtown up to Red River, up to uh, essentially like the Coke bottling plant. Yeah, yeah. Like that, like you can do that whole thing. Like what you're saying. Like if you have a house in Highland, you could ride your bike to downtown, to Red River, you know, have lunch meet some people ride home you do all that without ever getting in your car like yeah and it, you can get to great raft from that house on sheridan you could probably get yeah. there on a bike in under five minutes yeah like less bike. than that yeah i got a house on uh the 1100 block of dalzell that we haven't got started on it's yeah. like right by great raft so what what is your what is your vision for highland i kind of know what it is but i don't yeah. think you and i've ever really gone deep on it but like I know you and a buddy. When I first met you, I met um, I might have met your friend at the same time, and the two of y'all had both bought lots. Yeah, that's Nick- Cody King. Okay. Yeah, and, and so he's you- moving to Highland as well. He just bought a house in Highland right down the street from me. So what, I mean, man, you're a young guy, and Cody's also a pretty young guy, right? Yeah, I and mean, they have a baby on the way too. Yeah, so. I mean, why are y'all moving to Highland? Why not make the quote-unquote, and you're a realtor, so yes. you know this better than I do, but like the smart move isn't just North Bossier. The smart move is 
way south Shreveport, get to the Kroger, get to North DeSoto, get to uh, Kathy Acres. Like that's where you go if you want your house to hold value, right? Uh, <laughs> tell, yeah, tell okay. Well, yeah, there's another guy that's flipping houses too, named Jake Snyder. He's a buddy of mine. Yeah, he sold a house. He's his last house that he sold was on the 200 block of College Street. Do you like? I know. Do you know where that is? <laughs> That's do. like by the Family Dollar and the Boost Mobile and the Payday Loan place. Like is by Olive Street in Highland. Like is yeah. That house he sold that house for a hundred and fourteen dollars a square foot. Good night. I know. Like people. Who's it's not it? that people don't want to live in Highland. I think people don't want to live in crappy houses. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, so yeah. we're trying to make houses not crappy. We're trying to make them cool. You right. know? How how do we do more of that? Like, I mean, and I mean, if, if, you're, if you you're, make, you're doing it though. That's I yeah. think that's the thing. It, it takes somebody. Like yeah. what you're saying is like, oh, he's crazy. He's going to do all this crazy stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. And then when a bunch of other people do it, then all the other people will show up and be like, yeah, we knew the whole time that this. Yeah, is what right. Well, don't and you it, think that the market's kind of slim for this though? Like, I mean, if you let's just say you had financing to do 20 of these, like if you really thought you could sell 20 houses at what. Some, I'm open to that if any of you are listening. <laughs> no, but let's just have say you money had financing to, to, to go in and do construction loans on 10 of them straight down, well, either spotty all around Highland or straight down one street. 10 of them, 20 of them. It would you, drastically change everything. And here's the thing, look. People, you think you can find 20 people, young young guys, young ladies, young families that are willing to move in and buy these expensive houses i mean you you're gonna list i've found in. three right yeah. now in highland yeah. and I've all, got, you, all that takes is you get a hgtv show like laurel what's the laurel show the show about laurel mississippi uh That's hometown the, yeah hometown like those okay. guys like and there's what like three thousand people in laurel yeah like, right, right and they've done like whole blocks all kinds of cool stuff right by the way, my favorite HGTV show is Boise Boys. They are incredible. They are yeah. those those are my those are my dudes right there. Boise Boys, if you get to watch it, that's what we're trying to do. Okay. So that's your vision for Highland is Boise Boys. Boise Boys, yeah. Those guys are awesome. Anyways, okay, let me tell you about our house. We are moving on to the four hundred block of Dalzell. Yeah. Awesome block. It's actually the widest block in Highland. It's where the trolley used to turn around at. Mm-hmm. Okay. All kinds of artists that live around us. Pam Atchison lives across the street. She's over Shreveport Regional Arts yeah. Council. And we got like um, Karen LeBeau. We got some other people on the street, a bunch of artists. It's a great street. By the way, I think there's like maybe maybe 40 houses on that street. And there's like two or three rental properties on that street. Yeah. 400 block of Dalzell? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so that's where you and your wife are making your home. Yes. And our house is going to be, it's a 2,550 square foot house. Um, we bought it for 65000 We're putting a hundred grand into it. It's going to have a brand new, it has all new heating and cooling, uh, completely insulated, all new plumbing, all new wiring. It's going to have an 800 square foot deck on the roof. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. The four bedroom, two bathroom house. Yeah, I was blown and, away by Sheridan the other night, and you told me it's got nothing on Dalzell, but that, that you and your wife are like yeah. really pouring your heart. Sheridan's is cool. It's all yeah, it's yeah. pretty sweet. Um, our, this house we did some funky stuff with it. Yeah, Dalzell. It's I mean, you're, you're about to raise your family ours. there. Yeah. So, sure. anyways, twenty two thousand five hundred fifty square foot with an eight hundred square foot roof deck on it. And we'll be into it for one sixty five. That's sixty four dollars a square foot. Where else can you do that? Nowhere. Well. Not not in any good places, and I feel like our street is an awesome street. Chad Hauser lives on that street as well. I don't know if y'all know Chad, good dude. But where else can you do that? You can't. You can't do that anywhere in Bossier. You can. You spend one hundred and sixty five hundred and sixty five thousand dollars can't get you a. It can't get you an eleven hundred square foot house in Legacy. Yeah. It's basic on the inside. But okay, but you're a realtor and you make your money uh, at, on, as a percentage basis on, on houses you list, or if you represent buyers, houses you, you find for buyers, right? Right. How do you get these folks to not look? And I mean, I'm, I'm, I hope those neighborhoods do well. I want them, everybody to do well. Yeah. But how do you how do you talk to a young couple that comes to you and they say, 
oh no 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 you don't understand we have kids and uh and we we're not we're looking here and we're looking there and how do you have that conversation change so yeah have you considered this like yeah i will go there okay but i also at the same time if somebody's dead set on living somewhere i'm more than happy to work with them sure obviously you know because i'm whenever i'm whenever i put my realtor hat on i'm working for that person, yeah. and I'm gonna do what they want. But yeah, I have, you have got you just you just remodeled 20 houses on the the guy yeah. that, the the person. But that those financed, those so. 20 houses go to 20 specific people. What you're talking about yeah. is what I've seen. So I've lived in Los Angeles, like downtown Los Angeles, which in 2000 I moved there in 2008 2009 when it was like all these people had come in and were were you know over levered, bought all this stuff to sell, couldn't sell it, so. Three guys ended up owning everything because they weren't over levered. They had cash and they came in and bought the stuff and started renting it to people. And now that's where what you're saying, where all the creative types want to go. They're yeah. like, hey, I want something that's not just, you know, I don't want to just move to Hollywood yeah. or the West Side and do that. Same thing in Austin. Yeah, like, right. Like the East Side of Austin, people East used Austin to win. Awesome. When you, when I moved to Austin, people were like, you can live <laughs> anywhere, but not. North, Mm-mm. you know, not north of Fourth Street or south of Thirty Fifth. Now on the it's east the most side. desirable now area. Like, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I know guys that went over there. I know guys that moved there from Brooklyn, like mm-hmm. paid cash for a house because they're like, this is the cheapest. And this was, you know, during the Renaissance. This is mm-hmm. like a pro- piece of property that they paid maybe a hundred for. Probably had changed hands for less than forty in the five years previous. Yeah. So are you saying it's a chicken or egg argument? I'm not Look, saying that because okay. I wouldn't say that. But I just did. I so. wouldn't say that on All this right. podcast. Well, We've I did. really gone a long time without having to say I know. It's time chicken. to bring back the chicken or the egg Shreveport. But the, everything but, in Shreveport's a chicken or egg argument. But the, but it's not in chicken. You're already doing the thing. We're you the pioneers, know. okay? Yeah. We're right. going to pioneer this. So All right. Are you the chicken or are you the egg? It's going to... But I don't know. But, but, it's, but that's the thing is you you are interested in a place you're yeah. interested in the community of you know all your neighbors some They're some people awesome don't necessarily yeah. want to know their neighbors and and maybe that's why they have like a big well, gate or and, they, and here's what i say do, do, do we go house by house like this or do or do we try to form sort of a collective to do an entire block like what, what we would love vision? to do an entire block that's okay. what we've done with sheridan somewhat you yeah. know there my buddy isaiah lee he's he did two houses across the street from um from my Sheridan house. Yeah, I noticed you know? there's a number of, uh, is it 400? It's the a 10, the a thousand little, block of Sheridan. Thousand block of Sheridan. If Isaiah, you get a chance, Isaiah Lee. Okay. Which he mostly does rental properties, but he's flipped a few houses over there. Um, what? So, that, so that that one block is looking pretty good. Yeah, and a few years ago, I remember driving down that block and I was like, I need to lock my doors because <laughs> like there were some crazy people on that block. But now... Like there's kids playing outside yeah. and like you can go like it is a great block. It is awesome. There's there's not there's literally no sketchy houses hardly like on that street. But I want to bring this up. OK, um, I would like just hear me out. I would like to renovate and improve. L- listen to this. The this is a word. OK. This word, listen to the definition of this word. I'm not going to tell you the word yet, okay? Um, the definition of this word, which a lot of people are scared of, is the process of renovating and improving a house or district so that it conforms to a middle-class taste. Doesn't that sound awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome if we did that to Highland? It, it sounds like something we ought to go for. Yeah, so, so what, that we want, what, we want what is the to word? renovate and improve Highland so that it conforms to a middle-class taste. Is that a bad thing? Does that sound bad? Doesn't sound bad to me. Okay. You I, know my position on this. I just read you, I just read you the, um, the definition of gentrification. Okay? Now, some people cringe when they hear that word. And the reason they do is because they... Their definition is they've never looked at the definition of that word. Their definition is what they've seen on the news and what they've heard on NPR and what's happening in other cities that are like way bigger than Shreveport. Okay. 
Shreveport, gosh, we are so far away from having problems with that. But what I would like is I would like Highland to conform to a middle class taste. You know, I want middle class people to feel comfortable moving to Highland, you know. And yeah, sure, there's going to be some low class people in there as well. But there also is those that happens in other places. As there's well. also 4,000 square foot houses that very wealthy people could redo and live in there as well. I mean, it could be a that are triplexes right now. Yeah. That, that, are, that are all income levels could occupy a neighborhood like that, like they're like that occupied it a hundred years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like a community, like, <laughs> like a real community. Yeah, um, not a not a built environment. So look, you you touched on gentrification. You know, I, I, this is to, I don't I don't even want to spend too much time on this discussion because I, I'm with you. Like there, the best thing in the world that could happen to Shreveport is if three of our declining neighborhoods were all immediately gentrified tomorrow. Like, people don't really understand gentrification. No, they think people are going to get kicked out and this and that. I want to tell you the story real quick. Okay. I'm sorry. You're you about to get on your soapbox. Well, no, I'm not, you're my, about I was about to get, get off the it. gentrification soapbox. Okay. I want to see Highland gentrified. I want it so nice that maybe, you know, I can't afford a house in there. Look, I bought, there's two houses that I bought that the tenants had been in there for like, one of them been in there for seven years. The other one had been in there for 17 years. Yep. And whenever I bought those houses... They had to move out. Isn't that sad? They've been there for that many years. They had to move out. You kicked out the, the tenants. And in one of the houses, there was a ridiculous amount of rats in it. Okay? It was crazy how many rats were in that house. Um, just like there was holes in the floor, everything else. and the, uh, the landlord didn't keep it up? No, not at all. And the tenant couldn't afford to keep it up or didn't care to keep it up? No. So what did you do? And so they moved out. They had to find another place Okay. that they were so sad about. And a few months later, I talked to that person and on the other house, the tenant owned it for 17 years that was filled with fleas on the inside. The tenant occupied it for 17 yeah. years, didn't own it. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah occupied and they were both, both in both scenarios, they were very, very sad to leave that home that they've been in for a while. That's sad, right? You were gentrifying well, it. Well, yeah. a couple of months later, yeah. I hear from either one, both of them, and they both were like, wow, that was the best thing that happened to us. We found another place that was upkept well and this yeah. and that. They found a new place for about the same amount of money because people get stuck in these houses and they don't realize that they can... You know, they don't have to live like that. That We don't want people but living in those types of situations. F- follow, follow me here. What did you do to the one of the houses that you bought? Did you fix it up? Oh, yeah, I fixed did, it up real nice. Did you sell yeah. it? Yes. Did and you sell it to a landlord or did you sell it to a homeowner? A homeowner. And guess what? Taxes are going to go up on it, yep. and that's better for the city. You yep. know, the city will get more tax revenue for it. Yep. more money that they can do stuff with. And that homeowner Hopefully isn't turning stuff. around and renting it out, is it? Is he or she? No. They're living in it. Yes. And they're taking pride in it. Yes. Yeah. But what's, I think that's bad about that. that that's, the, that's a big thing, though, is like taking and and even if it's not, if if you were to redo like this whole block scenario, even if you just had three, you know, maybe you own your house and then you own the house next door and you rent that out. But that keeps your landlord situation the way that i think you know it works much better where hey my roof's leaking like oh let's go over there and fix it because it's as opposed to i don't know i called the guy he never called me back we stuck a bucket in there and now there's a hole in the floor and rats and all this other stuff yeah absolutely so in that in that awful gentrification that you did uh you kicked out two poor tenants who went out and found places equal to or better than their previous places you fixed both of them up and you sold them wait yes well, haven't sold. You hadn't sold one of them, but um, you're trying to sell it to a homeowner. Yeah. If people aren't going to come pay $200,000 for a house and turn around and try to rent it out. No, right? it's just not. That's that's a house for a homeowner is what it is. Yep. And, um, you, and you make it, I mean, you make it a house that anybody would be proud to live in. Oh, yeah. And I don't mind rental properties. I do mind crappy rental properties. I don't want, I don't want houses that are falling apart right next to me, you know? Yeah. So those are the houses we try to buy. You know, we make them better. Um, and look, Highland will come back. It's gonna come back. Like it's, and it's it's not nearly like if you are skeptical about Highland, I challenge you to just like drive in between like Fairfield and 
line avenue like north of kings or like drive down um 400 block of dalzell like drive down these streets on a sunday evening and see the kids outside playing it's not a bad it's really not bad you know of course there's there's some sketchy houses every now and again yeah, but like it pockets. just takes being aware yeah you know? I, I agree with you there what about other criticisms um of remodeling some of these places that you're not maintaining original character by putting in can lights or energy efficient windows when you take right. out the old windows and put in the like you mentioned the uh, argon gas yeah windows. right so address that because i i'm not i'm just playing devil's advocate here okay but what about you're ruining the original character of these beautiful old homes when you do that okay um so you're by I mean, replacing just, I mean, windows. Yeah. Some people would say that. Some people yeah. would say because the the house on Sheridan that I like so much that I saw the other day. It's got all new windows in it. I mean you put can lights out on the out on the front porch. It's yeah. also got like a nice front porch light. You re, re, in the living room you retain the original like wooden ceiling. Yes. But then what you told me is you put in can lights and then you went on top of it and put uh Tyvek Tyvek down before you insulated, insulated it. Yeah. But it's it's I mean, like, it, to yeah. me, it looks fantastic, and it is what people want. Like, you're serving a someone who can pay 200k for a house mm-hmm. wants a certain light. They don't want to have to put lamps in every single room. They don't want an uninsulated house, and they don't want air coming in and out of their windows. People, are, yeah, but you're saying like, well, oh, okay, you're not keeping it period correct by changing out the windows. Right. Okay, look, restoring the neighborhood—that's what we want, right? That's what I want. Does that mean? Us keeping houses, period, correct, like the electric (laughs) or or the windows? Or does that mean restoring a neighborhood? Does that mean mean bringing families back into the neighborhood, middle-class families that are going to be a good, solid, you know, things in the community? Yeah. I think that's what restoring a neighborhood is. Well, and also, like, I know Liz, you know, in her building, like, they had that problem, which was how do we keep this looking the same but have windows that are efficient? And they found someone who helped them make, yeah, they took the original wood off and then made um, a aluminum version of that yeah, and replaced yeah. all their windows with that so it looks the, the, the visually it looks the same yeah. but those windows are now not just a sheet of glass mm. in a piece of wood and, they're they're efficient and, and that, those were very expensive too I yeah, think right. the I same say, company did Chris Coe's it might be cost know? prohibitive for redoing uh, a single house no no but, but I'm like, saying if, yeah. if you have the money and you want to keep it a certain sure, way sure you know, but but you have to. There's some give and take there. Well, like, and I've heard this argument made by somebody before. You know, if you had a time machine and you brought all of our modern electric and all of our modern plumbing and all of our modern windows back to the 30s, they would have opted to use our current stuff rather than their stuff. They just didn't have the technology that we have now. Yes, they knew how to build a house better. They built it with better lumber. They built it with better construction, but they didn't have all the technology that we have now, and they think we were crazy for not replacing it. And I've, I've heard that argument being made, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I think— Yeah, we, a, try to, know, we try to play in. We try to have the, the old with the new. You know, we try to keep all the, a lot of charm and character, but try to make it really cool and trendy and modern, you know. Um, it's, I guess the word for it would be kind of, you know, the eclectic feel. The eclectic, well, yeah, uh, I've, y'all have accomplished that definitely in what I've seen so far. Um, what, uh, which is thanks to my wife. If I haven't mentioned her enough, she is like brains behind a lot of the design. Like, she makes me look good. Yeah, you throw pillows. And yeah, I, right. I could tell from the throw pillow. You, you got you have Sheridan staged. Yes, like it already had furniture in it, and you know by throw pillows being on a couch i know that there's been a woman's touch somewhere in there or, amen yeah yeah so um what uh, what else did you want to talk about in highland or what else do you think could help other than finding 10 austin wisemans to go out to the world um what well, else you could start with just two like if yeah. you just know one or one or two others well, that, got, that's gonna yeah jake snyder jake snyder cody what? king and isaiah lee are all kind of doing a little bit of what you're doing Derek simmons lives in islands cnc Highland. yeah he's a cool dude um we're gonna have Derek on the podcast is it soon. jennifer what's her jennifer's this is a guy of bike streetport they live on the corner they oh, live yeah, on Kirby. Um, 
The guy with the beard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Peter P. Uh, Stephen Peters. 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 Stephen Peters. Yes. And Jennifer Harvey. Yeah, they live in Holland. Yeah, they do. They live right next and to they, where, and uh, they're Chad all Hauser, over, they like, live they right do all con- like, maybe well, that's the deal. Like, we should just get all those people together and be like, hey, what do we got to do? Because that's that's what I'm saying is like, that's all that group just got to get yeah, people they're, to, they're, look, I got, look, I've have, I haven't mentioned this. I've got, in the last four months or four or five months, I've got three people to move to the neighborhood three different families okay and they're not you know some of them lived in suburbs and i drove around got coffee with them and like look everything is right here look like we can go to jacklands we can go to maryland's is not too far we can go to um either of the rhinos are quick like Speaking go to Monjuni's, well fed like the list goes on you, you know, know maryland's uh owner Ralph's Ralph place yeah, yeah, he's got that right down the street from Jacklin's yeah. now that he's working on. Yeah, that's what it, um, is that Egan, the the one that goes in front of Wellfed. Egan goes in front of Wellfed. Yeah, I, I like that's that's the block. I love that block that's right north of that because it looks like there had been like kind of an old estate there. There's kind of an old. It looks like an there was a, a big gate and it's kind of fallen down now. And there's Jordan? kind of like a little bum. Ca- yeah, it's um, between Stoner. It's and between Jordan. Stoner and yeah. Jordan. Um, that like a lot of that part right there is really cool. And with like. Well-fed and Jacqueline's and Ralph's and Monjuni's and yep. you know so somebody's going to do somebody's going to do something at the village and that's yep. going to be like you know one of those places like you're talking about where you know all these people go to another place and then they rent a house somewhere and it's like all that stuff's walking like but normally people be like oh don't live there it's crazy dangerous there like well yeah and the to for for those businesses to be supported it will help if the neighborhood is nice around it and cool old houses you know um how can do and i don't know if you've given any thought to this because you seem like a guy that's going on and and doing your own thing and not worried about this but is there anything that the city of shreveport or parish caddo state of louisiana could do to incentivize okay guys like you or, or other guys to start out doing what you're doing or make your life a little bit easier? I mean, it would be nice. Like I told you, I'm playing by the books. I'm pulling permits on everything. Um, in these historic districts, if you're making a house really nice, it it would be nice if I didn't have to pay a lot of money for permits and stuff yeah. to try to make it better. Like, I feel like I'm making the city money by fixing the house up because the taxes will go up. Yeah. So I'd... Yeah, it would be nice if I, I didn't have to pay for the permits. I still like the permits because it holds me accountable to right. do the work right. Yeah. But, yeah, I would say that. It's not a huge deal, but that would be nice. Um, another thing that I feel like would help, in the historic district, if you pull a permit to do anything on the outside mm-hmm. of your home, you have to get a certificate of appropriateness. Okay. And gotcha. I've heard y'all. I heard y'all know. Are you somewhat familiar with that? Yep. You have to sit before the historic planning commission, and they have to see your plans and either give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah. So you can't do something that's not like something crazy. You right. can't build like a like a crazy metal shop. Yeah. You know, stucco front center in the middle of the neighborhood. Anyways, um. When people don't pull permits, okay, uh, there's there's nobody driving around that is that is checking to make sure people have permits whenever they see that work's getting done. Mm-hmm. It's completely our system with the NPC and stuff of the whole shutting people down for not having permits because they didn't get a certificate of appropriateness, whatever. It's completely reactive. They don't have anybody that's going out and looking for these. So if you see a house that's getting worked on on it, and maybe it's a big, beautiful four square house, old house that somebody bought, and it looks like they're turning this single family home into a duplex or a triplex, there's a good chance they don't have a permit for that. Call into the property standards and the permits office and report it, and because chances are they don't have a permit because they didn't go through the same system that I did to get a thumbs up for a certificate of appropriateness. Um, How hard is that process? The, of, to, to get a certificate of appropriateness? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, are you are they 
Like, did you get a hard time for wanting to put Cedar Shake on the front of that gable? No. Okay. No. It's it's not. It's not. As long as you're not doing something, you know, crazy. What if you wanted to build a, a more modern house in the middle of Highland? and you Which found I something? wanted to do at one point. Well, what if you saw a, a house that you could get for about 15K, yeah. bulldoze it, and put your... Or, or, I, when I say modern, I don't, yeah, whatever. But yeah. that didn't didn't really conform to the rest of the the street, but would obviously add value and would appraise at a quarter million dollars. Yes, like what like, do you think about that? That's what Chris Coe's house is going to look like, you know, even though it was an old house. Um, I think like, I that's don't see awesome. anything wrong with that because right now the neighborhood needs whatever it can get, and I don't think Absolutely. that detracts from the value. But if you talk to a purist, they're yeah, going to say yeah. yeah, it detracts from the value, and it doesn't. Okay. I think that would be awesome. I think the NPC from talking to Adam Bailey, I think that's the guy who's over it mm-hmm. all. Um, he has told me it's more about the setbacks and the size. Okay. So they're not so much concerned with um, the aesthetic. It's more about maybe the boundaries. It's more the... about the boundaries and the setbacks. Okay. Setbacks means how far it is from the street. Um, how big the house is, kind of the shape of it. So I think that they would be willing to work with people on it. But let me ask you this: who who is going to do that? You know, right now we. Well, I mean, there's going to be a guy like there's going to be a guy like you that comes through that says, "I, I don't I don't want a, a 1945 style house or a 1925 style house. I you know I've got uh, you know half a million dollars from whatever, and I want to live in this cool neighborhood that Austin Wiseman got going." I want to live on this street, and yeah. I see a house I could bulldoze, and, and I've got these plans that I paid ten grand for this architect to draw up, and this is the house that I want. Yeah, I and think that will gonna, happen eventually. I don't see a problem with a, a mixed architectural highland as long as it could. I mean, I, you know, some approval process. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I don't want mobile home park next to your house in Highland, but it, and I don't want DSLD a, homes in what, Highland what, either. What you if know? it's a cool mobile home park? <laughs> well, I think like, the size, like, yeah, well, I'm yeah. not saying I don't mean mobile home park, but like I know that you've had an idea about like a shipping container, like fourplex where they're separated, but yeah. they they all share like a center courtyard right. or something like that. Like, is that do, does that then become something you don't want or something you do want? You know what I mean? Yeah, it'd I, be cool. I think it'd be really cool in in, in an eclectic neighborhood having for lack of a better term, like some type of, um, not a commune, but at least a, a few small, tiny houses that all have a shared space, you know, bulldoze two houses and build four or five. Small. Yeah, they don't have to be made out of shipping containers, but something cool and modern. No, no, just I'm saying like yeah. same same. And sort that you of could buy each one of them for 50 or 60 or 70 rather than 200, and then you've turned both of those lots into something that's worth 400 instead of something that's worth 40. Yeah, that'd be super and, cool. And and that's and you have that many more people living in the neighborhood that contribute to the eclectic style of the neighborhood. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a different aesthetic than the – beautiful old homes that you're doing. It is, but at the same time, Highland needs all the help it can get. So I don't have a problem with this at all, but... um, Some houses are unsalvageable. They are. And purists out there, you know, if you say, oh, every house can be... Yeah, you go do it yourself. Uh, I want to see you try. All right. Well, man, um, I really appreciate you coming in today. Is there anything that we didn't address that you want to go over? Um, I just, you know, I just want to encourage people to get past this mindset of you got to stay south of Kings because there's some great south, street. I mean, people are staying south of Burt Coons now. I mean, they're staying south <laughs> of Caddo and east yeah, of Caddo. Right. I mean, but it, for a, if you want yeah. a historic home in yeah. Shreveport, most people say, oh, you got to be in Broadmoor, South Highland. Don't go to Highland. When in reality, there's some great streets in Highland, even better than a lot of streets in South Highland. And great so, deals. Like you can absolutely. Where else can you find a house that affordable? Absolutely. You know, um, so if we if you could send a text message out to everybody in Shreveport, what would it say? I've thought about this a little bit. Um, I've heard the, so the statement. I've heard a statement that has always stuck with me: "A place is only as good as the people in it." A place is only as good as that, the people in it. So, I I don't know how I would translate that. What what would I say? Would I say like uh? I think that be the you know, be the person that <laughs> be the be be the person you want to be around. Yeah, be the person <laughs> that you be the person that 
you want to be around, right? Yeah. So just I, like be friendly, be nice. When I was in California working, I was like, wow, this many people smile. Yeah. Like I was in North California, like it seemed like everywhere I went, people had a smile on their face, you know, and it just seems like in a yeah, lot we, of places. Weed's here, legal out there, I think. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, w- I would say just, you know, have it wear a smile on your face, you know. Yeah. It just, Welcome people to Shreveport. I, I think that's I, the cheapest way you can make the city better. Yeah, is to put a smile on your face and walk around. Welcome, you know? new, <laughs> welcome newcomers. Welcome folks that come to town. Um, yeah, know, welcome it, your just the people that have always been here as well. Oh yeah, some yeah. those people need a smile some days too. That's a that's a that's a good thing to almost wrap up on. Who's my next podcast guest? Uh, and you know, I told you about Derek. Derek Simmons, yep. a good dude. We I reached out to him yesterday, and, mm-hmm. and he will be on here. Well, Austin, Chris Coe as well. It's a good Chris Coe is another one. Yeah, and that's Chris Coe. I'm writing his name down right now. Austin, um, from what I've seen on Sheridan and what you've showed me on Fairview, uh, and obviously what you're doing on Dalzell, thank you so much. You're doing amazing work, beautiful work. The remodels for a guy that's not a contractor are just they're intimidating for a guy like me. I would love to be able to do something like that. But um, you're doing you amazing do work. You learn by fire. <laughs> got enough. I got enough fire to put out these days. But uh, yeah, man, um, thank you for doing it. And anything we can do to help, and let's do a round two here in the next uh, next few months when you start another project. Send yeah, me all the photos. We'll talk numbers on the Sheridan whenever it sells. Yeah, let's yeah. do that for sure, man. Thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, no problem. Thank y'all. Take care.